0: Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast, the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT to discuss their lives, their journey and their ambitions with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. And alongside me, as ever, it's my old mucker, Steve Plater. How do Steve? How are you, mate? Good. I don't think you've ever asked me how I am. Oh. I'm brilliant. Yeah, I'm really good. Are you? Heartfelt feelings. It it genuinely is. Are you good? No, good, actually. Busy, busy, flat out, but no, great, great. This is the first time in this podcast, in the official, you know, the the more formal setting of sitting down with a a guest, that we have somebody on that we've had on in the past. Davey Todd. We spoke to him prior to TT2022, and he was one of the first few guests that we had on. It's going to be interesting to get him back in the hot seat to discuss what's been going on the past few uh, few years and, obviously, more recently, his, let's not call it a split, but a um, a separation between him and, and the Paget's team.
1: Yeah, it's all changed. You know, he's had highs and lows. Um, but, you know, he's moved on from uh, the Malenko by Padgett's team. Um, but we need to ask him.
0: Where's he going? The story. Moto GP. I mean, there's a few wonders up for grabs there, isn't there? Probably. Can cheat one of them, would not you? at MotoGP?
1: Well, hey, it's a nice thought, but I would say no.
0: Well, if he ever turns up, because he's already forty minutes late. <laughs> let's uh, let's see if we get him on. <laughs> oh, Davy, welcome back to the podcast. We've had you on before. Uh, second time, two timer
2: two-timer yeah, yeah. I, i'm very pleased that i'm the first person you wanted back
0: and it's yeah. only because you never made sense first time <laughs> <laughs> saying, yeah. yeah. Was, we went through the whole list of everybody and then we eventually got to you and we're like it's the dregs but we'll take it we'll take <laughs> how long has it been <laughs> uh, it, it prior, we, it prior, recorded, uh it was prior it was since we recorded it was one of the first to, one to, yeah it was prior to tt 2022 was it yeah so we were just gearing up to get back to the TT after like three years off, essentially. Wow. And a lot has happened since then. A lot has happened,
2: yeah. I, don't even, I, I didn't realise it would be that been that long, to be yeah. honest.
0: I don't even know where to start with this conversation because most people know your story of how you got into bikes, and if they haven't, they can go back and listen to the first podcast. Because I think what's happened between the last time you came in and now, there's more than enough to talk about. Stacks. The question on everybody's lips right now... Where you know you've just made the announcement that you've you've moved away from pagets,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, um, as like I, I think a lot of people know and i and I did put in when I released the news on uh on YouTube, actually that um it was exciting times, because I was gonna be uh sort of announcing what was happening at very latest at, at cadwell b s b but now that that plan's changed a little bit, so it's a bit of a nightmare. Because let's stop are... it
1: there, then. Come on, then. Let's start where we where we finished. Two thousand and twenty-two.
2: What a year! Yeah. Oh,
1: superstock I... champion.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was a mental year twenty-two. I, I honestly can't think of a thing really that that didn't go really well. Even when places that that we didn't win West, finished second in every race and I'd love to say like oh I was gutted I was gutted that I didn't get the win but battled for the win in every single race it wasn't it was never it was never a distant second it was never far away got two lap records and uh yeah battled battled literally to the last corner for the win in, in every class unfortunately got beat every time but other than that uh, it was a massive no, we, step
0: up though weren't it you were going from kind of being top five to now you're competing for wins
2: yeah yeah uh 22 changed a lot for me um the biggest thing i think everybody expected ever uh, expected me to perform on the roads so that's been sort of building and building. But what? I've been pushing for for a long time is a career in short circuits as well. And, uh, and after asking so many teams over the years, everybody goes, Oh, you know, stick to the road, stick with TT, what you're good at. And um, weren't necessarily interested in giving me an opportunity at short circuits. So it was really cool to get given the opportunity from Clive and the Padgetts team to. Do British Superstock in 2022, and uh, knew it was going to be a learning year. But uh, to to come out winning the championship was uh, was was pretty cool, to be honest.
0: Why wouldn't teams give you the opportunity to to go into short circuit? Did they just not think you were good enough for it?
2: To be honest, and it spoke to a few of them since. Who after last year, a few of them wanted to sign me. Um, you know, and they were like, "Well, to be honest, like you'd not done anything." Yeah. I guess I hadn't done anything before that. I had one year of racing on a short circuit in my life before doing the roads. In 2016, I raced uh, Superstock 600 at BSB, mm-hmm. just on my own with my brother and my granddad, my dad when he wasn't working, uh, just like a little family team, won two races but ended up like six in the championship and was a bit all over the place. But... um when you're trying to convince a team that you should sign me to be competitive in Superstock Thousand, and I think I can win the championship, they go, "Why do you think that? Because you've never even raced Superstock Thousand in your yeah, life. How yeah. can you? How can you even say that?" And I don't know. I because I did argue that point, saying I believe I can be competitive for the championship. And
0: but every man and his dog says that, right? Yeah, when, I, when I they, guess they, everyone started. says yeah, that.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly didn't know how but any time i rode i thought you know what i can be competitive i ro- race with all the two bike guys on on the roads and it's riding a bike in it like i don't know everything that i've ever done in my in my career from being a kid racing motocross racing supermoto it never took long to like adapt i just sort of jumped in at the deep end with a supermoto straight into the british championship and was battling for the championship in like my second year, so just, just, just I always find that's the best way for me: jumping at the deep end and just learn figure to swim yeah. and like figure it out. Yeah, so. Um, so was it
1: easy or hard winning the Superstock?
2: F- it's not easy. Superstock is is definitely not easy. It's a mega competitive championship, but second half of the year. It it just slots into place. You you'll had it yourself when things are going right. It 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 is easy. It feels easy. And there was times I got overconfident with it, and you have to like rein yourself back in. Even before I'd won won my first race last year, because it just built and got stronger and stronger as the season went on. But Cadwell Park for me was a moment where I thought this this is it now. Like I've figured it out. Which is two thirds
1: the way through the championship.
2: Yeah, well, it was about it's about just after it was about halfway because it was a bit earlier in the championship last year to what it was this year, I think. Um, yeah, it was like round five, six. So it was like it was just about smack bang in the middle, and by that stage, I would had like loads of podiums, but I, like led so many laps, but never managed to get like the win across the line at seconds, but qualifying let me down a lot and being a bit slow steadier in uh free practice had let me down a little bit because I'd just be them steps behind some of the other guys um but yeah Cadwell Cadwell I felt like I could turn it around I, I went out in practice like rode quite hard in practice top practice I think uh first or second and then qualifying I knew I had a bunch more with a little change to the setup I knew I could do a lot more than I did so I was really confident going into qualifying just went out I think I did two laps and like usually I'd be the guy that stays out there for the full qualifying session just going lap after lap after lap to go quicker and I've never been able to just go out and do a single lap sort of thing and that's where I felt like I got it figured out just went out did an out lap one flying lap pulled in was like 1.7, uh, 1.7, like nearly two seconds, a lot quicker than anybody at at the time, and just sat in the pits like smirking a little bit, thinking, oh, "I've I've got this figured out now." And uh, uh, next thing, I I should have seen it coming, really. Uh, Billy McConnells, oh, like he can put a lap together, serious rider, and who I ended up battling for the championship with. Um, and next thing, like I I think they got. Charlie Nesbitt maybe got within one, 1. 1.5 or something. I was like, massive gap. You know, with that sort of gap, you're safe. Next thing, I'm like looking at the board, chatting to the team, thinking I don't even have to go out and do any more laps. And then uh, next thing, I dropped a second and Billy's put a lap in after eight <laughs> laps or something, as he does. And um, I'm like, right, get the warmers off, get back out there. I can go faster. And like, I thought... I genuinely can like go a bit quicker and went out there and coming from the motocross background I always go massive over the over the mountain and sent a massive one like was riding real aggressive and whacked the throttle open in the in the air like you do on a motocross bike and it ripped the chain off so ended up p2 but I'm like I've got this like I've figured it out I can go out and do a lap and I've got I felt really comfortable on a short circuit to go out there and then ended up second in the race I, I, I got in a battle with Charlie but then you sort of thinking about the championship a little bit and he ran into me into the side of me a couple of times and I was like you know you have that like I think we both broke the lap record and it was a good race anyway but the next one um was like the finish of that the Snetterton where FP1, FP2, qualifying uh, and the race, P1 in every session. And we had a bit of bike trouble as well in the in the race and ended up having like a much slower bike. But I was like, I'm not losing this after what we've done and got my first win of the year. And then it it just sort of spirals, doesn't it? When you, you know you can do it in yeah. your head, then that's it then. Confidence and, is half of it, yeah. Um, but then,
0: what, what is it you'd figured out though? because you said you've said i figured it out was it was it something in terms of like confidence of going i'm capable of doing this
2: yeah i think it's I'm it's capable of winning, mentally I'm capable of a championship mentally it's it's a lot and it's something that gets talked about i feel a lot in other sports but not as much in in racing but it's a massive mental game all mm. the time and it's why you see riders like going a going a roll it's Not because I've found a special setting that works from one track to the next track to the next track. It's usually because they believe they can. You know, they've won one race and then they're like, right, that's it. I'm winning the next one because I've won that one. Why can't I? So it's, um, yeah, just got in that mindset a little bit and knew I could do it. And yeah, we'd fine tune the bike a little bit throughout the year. But for me, it was more learning short circuits because I've not. Road on them since 2016. Like yeah. literally, not done. Or I've done half a season here and there. Like 17, 18, 19. I literally raced road races only. Like no short circuits, no nothing. Other yeah. than like a few laps of Bishop's Court as a track day, like in February or something. Wow, it's peeing down. You know that was that was all I sort of got in terms of track riding and never did a short circuit race so um it was it's adjusting to that short circuit mentality of like riding on the limit over the limit being aggressive which I like I, I, I that really suits me but years racing on the roads takes it out of you cuz you're not going to absolutely drill someone up the inside like you would on a short circuit at the Northwest, at the TT, at the Ulster Grand Prix, you know, and put them into a wall. Like it's, there's a lot more respect than that, whereas there is no real respect <laughs> <laughs> at BSP, yeah. especially in superstock. It's uh, kill or be killed. So um, getting back into that motocross mentality, mentality. Uh, it took a little bit, but the confidence as well.
0: And then, like Steve said, and you said, The role just continued, wrapped up the championship.
2: Yeah, just uh, I think four or five wins in a row, then one second, and the second it was a sketchy old race, to be honest. The first one at Donington uh, knew at that point well was leading the championship and knew we could have wrapped it up that weekend. So it was like being careful while there was, like, a seven-rider battle for the win. Yeah. Um, I suppose that's the first
0: time you've experienced that then, isn't it, fighting for a championship? Yeah. Especially of that magnitude.
2: Yeah, I saw... Like, I, I enjoyed it, to be honest. Like, a lot of pe, Like, you get two types of people, I feel like. Some that have a lot of pressure and really go downhill with the pressure. And I feel like I've always done better. The more pressure there is, the better I ride. Like, in... Practice sessions and you go testing. Like, I just really struggle to perform under practice conditions when there is nothing on the line. Yeah, I'm like, <clears throat> I, I can't just ride around and go fast. I need something there, not financially and not a championship, but pressure of a race of wanting to win. And, um, do you feel it's not competitive enough in practice? Yeah, yeah, I think so because it's just it's not for anything so why do I have to go fast when it's not for anything I, I know you try and change it round, and you need it needs to be for bike setup it needs to be for something else but still in the back of my mind is it it's not for anything so as soon as qualifying comes then I go quick and then it's a bit late then and then the race you go quicker but I'd rather have like six races a weekend and <laughs> first session <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the like the like the do at Amoy and uh the little road races no practice session at all Straight they to give the you race. five laps of qualifying so you literally <laughs> the first time you're in the track is your first lap of qualifying then you got four more laps of qualifying that's it Bloody to hell. put a lap in for the grid and then you're out for the race your next session it's like that is on serious and yeah. I, It sort of works, yeah. You know, I I like that. But
1: um, so that confidence that you know winning twenty two superstock and coming through and back to back wins and you know um, being on a high a British championship can you translate that to the TT?
2: I felt it really helped. So it's something that I've been asking for for a long time. Is that all that practice at BSB? Translate into Northwest and TTs and and everything else, and I really feel like it helped having that start to the season in Superstock last year. Then going to the TT, uh, hit the ground running with my Superstock bike, especially, and then we made the super bike basically just like a fast stalker. Like it, it wasn't a full blown Superbike like everybody else rides it was like a fast motor in a stocker basically because it was what I was used to the super stock bike anyway um so it was perfect really and 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 yeah it went really well I was got my first podium it, the Tt wasn't as good as what I should have done uh we had the best practice week had first second or third in every single practice session in 22 and then come the race i only got one podium and i i just felt like that was unfair not you know un unjust you know what i mean from the speed that we actually had should have been a lot better but uh when you tire force the bits in the first race uh my head went to be (laughs) to be completely honest um I really struggled with confidence for the rest of the week because you know you're riding around there thinking like, is this going to happen again? Like, and as much as the manufacturer, the team, everybody can tell you it will, it'll be fine. Your head's still like every single slide I had, which is all the time riding a big bike around the Mm -hmm. TT, sliding all over Mm -hmm. the place, but. I couldn't slide anymore as soon as the bike slid a little bit I rolled off cuz I'm like oh is that is that is that it is something happening yeah like is it is there an issue and I just I still got the first podium but I was riding terribly like I was riding scared. and like, it's Up not tight. good <laughs> riding tight You're really tight um and just not right like not flowing like I was in practice so was really excited to carry on in 23 and knew i could do a lot better and again just uh i feel like got really unlucky um so excited because i knew i could do so much more than what we did in 22 given the practice week we'd had and then the race week was i lacked confidence went into 23 and plagued with issues again just uh, brake issues, which is scary, <laughs> again. Uh, it's not the place to have any issue at all and not have the confidence in your bike.
0: On the superbike.
2: Yeah, on the super bike. So had it all the way through practice, so never really got a massive flying lap. was doing, like, one lap and going on brake was coming back to the bar or was there sometimes, not sometimes, and, you know, I have to give it to the team. Like, they tried a lot. The tr- we tried so many different things and we just couldn't solve it we tried like two or three different brake systems but i think the end of the day it was actually the bike was so unstable no matter what brake system we put on it it wasn't actually a brake issue it was a stability issue that was causing the pads to that was knocking the pads back yeah. so uh tried loads of different brakes and you know a hickey you know, I think it's publicised that Hickey had the same or similar issues, not not quite as bad. Mm-hmm. He knew that for some reason, he knew three pumps of the brake, and he would definitely have it back by then. Sometimes it took one, sometimes two, Yeah. maximum three pumps, and the the brake was back. Where I was going down straights. In that, in that first suit bike race on, on lap one and pumping it like 10 times and it's still not there, like all the way down the long straight and like pumping the lever, pumping the lever and it was not there. And still on lap one, I was in front of Hickey on lap one. I was sitting like P3 and doing that on every single straightaway because I'd got used to it sort of by then because I'd had it all the way through practice. Every single night we'd had the same issue and I'm like, maybe i can ride around this which is a bit sketchy <laughs> look now and go yeah. that's a bit stupid but like it's a tt it comes around once a year don't want to miss it i'll do whatever i need to do to ride around whatever issue is going on
0: yeah i suppose with that the break is going to come back eventually it's just like you say it's just a matter of when and yeah what kind of feedback you get from that i break. guess
2: so i guess so and then how quick's it going to go again some straights you don't have long enough to pump it for ages some mm. sh- short straights yeah. that are bumpy and they'll knock the pads back and then you, they don't come back quick enough before you get to the next corner which was the issue seemingly for some reason it got worse from lap one to lap two every time we knew that but i didn't know if it get worse than that then uh but i discovered that in the first race because uh, we'd never done that long a run in practice and went out in race one. Lap one, it was bad, but it was still third and was like, I can make do. Lap two got worse. Dropped to maybe fourth or fifth or something and was like, okay, this is not good, but we'll see. I pulled into the pits and I was going to say to the team, we'll knock it on the head. And then you get into the pits and you're like, oh, I'll just carry on now. Like, I, It's not in me to quit. It's not in me to yeah. give up like i just i hate that like i could have you know the front wheel fall out and i'd try and wheelie the rest of the track you know (laughs) like i I just don't like the giving up thing like i do even if i gotta slow down i'll just ride yeah and then um came out the pits went into quarter bridge with no brake at all (laughs) so i pumped it out the pit lane and it was there and then got to the bottom of Bray Hill. I'm guessing the impact of the bottom of Bray Hill. Since I've watched the, like, since TT, I've watched some videos and everybody's so much more stable through the bottom of Bray Hill. And mm-hmm. I, I think I played it down in my own head to the guys when I'd come back in and go, oh, it's a bit unstable, but you watch the footage and it looks really, really unstable compared to everybody else. So, um, yeah come out the bottom of Bray Hill and then you got a really big breaking zone into Quarterbridge and I'm pumping it, pumping it, pumping it and it's just not coming back. I'm like, dear, I'll have to roll off and like shift down, back break into (laughs) Quarterbridge because there was literally nothing. But then come out of Quarterbridge into Braddon and there was a break there. So I'm like, maybe it was just a fluke and did a couple of corners, it was all right and this was a problem... That scared me a little bit in practice week. Is sometimes it was there, Mm -hmm. not consistent. Yeah, completely inconsistent. And then sometimes you go, okay, feel it, it's there. Go around one corner, go to break into the next corner, and it's gone, like completely gone.
0: Between corners, shit. Yeah. So
2: um... must be
1: must have been really frustrating for you know Clive and the whole team as well because I know how much effort they put in. Yeah. You know, uh, to to always have you know. Winning bikes, really quality As stuff.
2: As I say, like the guys changed three different brake systems on the bike, that's not ideal for any team. Changing discs, changing calipers, mass cylinders, everything they were working flat out. And I think by the end of the TT, a lot of the guys have well and truly had enough because they'd work from morning till night yeah. every day, for, not for nothing, but to you know, after doing tons more work than you should have been doing
0: yeah
2: and then still it doesn't work you know it's frustrating, frustrating. it's frustrating for everybody so yeah it was a tough time um had that break go and then lap three pulled in out the soup bike race which soup bike one was the, it's the one everybody wants but the big bike race is the ones i was was really desperate for um Went quicker in every class, but only by uh, went a lot quicker in the six hundred. But learned how to ride the six hundred better. Um, yeah, went quicker in every class, but it was just not. <laughs> There's more in there. There's so much more in there, and uh, yeah, frustrating. I think for the team and and myself. How
0: know. how does it change the team dynamic throughout the the week, the the couple of weeks, I guess, because you're telling them there's a problem. They're going, well, we think it's this, but then they don't, they can, they can't find the problem. So you get frustrated, but you're not necessarily frustrated at them. And they're probably getting frustrated at you because you, it must be really difficult to maintain a, a friendly relationship when you're like, I need it to work. And they're like, we're trying, but we just can't, we can't solve it.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is, and it was frustrating, but I still have the trust in the guys and, 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 they they're working so hard to cure mm. it but obviously sat on a stand even if you went testing at Derby, you went testing it anywhere in the world nothing is mm-hmm. any sort of like replica of racing around the tt like there is no way that you can test anywhere for anything like that yeah you know not even close so every time you try something you're like it might work it, it might not yeah. and uh to be honest, the relationship didn't didn't change. I have a great relationship with the the team, with Clive, with the guys for sure. I'm they're getting really annoyed during the TT and frustrated with the situation. Uh, but they're always awesome with me, yeah. and they, they work so hard. Um, as I say, that was what's probably even more frustrating for you as a rider. You want to win and do well more than anything, but then you want to do it for them because they put in like so much work you want to mm. be like you know what you've had like two weeks of mega hard work he's a podium he's a win you know like yeah. at least that makes up for some of the work and uh you know couldn't even uh couldn't even do that so it was <laughs> <statement. Absolutely> useful... <laughs> Yeah, uh, tough tough two weeks yeah.
0: you know
1: because obviously connor was ill as well so,
2: so do you
0: think so, that hindered you then the fact that you didn't have a teammate there like in connor for those not necessarily days, we, no? we all
2: sort of do our own thing uh it hindered me connor getting ill because uh i then got ill for the last two didn't i so the Superstock race the second Superstock race i pulled out of because i tried to race somehow got past fit had was a lot of arguing and stuff and got past fit and uh Went out for Superstock race and I, I couldn't even see. Like, to be honest, a
1: lot of arguing with who? Uh,
2: with a lot of people, with a with a <laughs> with a medical team, with yeah. the to get clearance to ride. Uh, yeah, with the medical team, with the, with my team, with my family, my friends, my trainer. Everybody's there going, please, just you're not well enough to ride. Don't don't ride. Um, Connor sat out of practice week. He was bad. He spent three three days in hospital yeah. or something. Um I was I, it must have been the same thing, because I seen Connor when he he got well and then next thing I'm ill. And uh Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. I got an anti sickness injection for that tube stock race, but then that made the because I couldn't stop throwing up, basically. Mm. Um but then that made me stop throwing up, but then it, it was like it made me a bit dizzy and not mm. not I couldn't focus the same and ride right around there when you can't focus at two hundred percent it's not right. And uh I pulled off anyway and then but then it's like the next day is the senior and there's no time, you yeah. know, there's no time to get better and uh hadn't still couldn't eat anything but didn't feel sick anymore but I went out for that teeny, but it was just so weak. Like, yeah. I just had no energy. Like, I'd not eaten then in three days, really. Drank water it was about all I could do. I had some electrolytes and what have you, but not eating for the... It, I wasn't sick, but then you just... No energy at all. I got to the bottom of Braille and I was like, there's no chance I'm finishing six laps. Sounds here. like
0: me when I get to the bottom of the stairs when I ill, let alone <laughs> bottom of Bray Hill. So
2: it Christ. was... uh I just thought I'd just keep riding. And... Did you
0: feel like you needed to go out and just prove that you were too ill to do it? Because if you'd have sat on the, the sideline, you'd have gone, oh, maybe I could have.
2: Yeah, well, that was always a question in my head. And again, everybody's like, all right, after Superstock, just we'll put the bikes in the van. It's fine. You're ill. Like, yeah. sit it out. Don't risk anything. And it's still back to that thing, man. Something in my head, I can't just sit out. I can't just give up on something when... I might have a chance, like like you said. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to just believe that in my head because I'm like, once the adrenaline gets going, may, maybe I could have done alright. And so I'm like, just let me try, and then, uh, and then we'll see. And I went out and tried, try my best. But I was like, well, I got ninth or something, which I was like, I don't know how yeah. that was possible, considering that literally on lap one, I'm like next lap I'm going to pull off, next lap I'm going to pull <laughs> off and then sort of said that every single lap and got, got to the pits and was yeah. like, one more lap, I reckon I, I, I can do three and did the third and then I'm like, oh, it's only one more lap to the pit stop and then got one more lap, got to lap four and then it's like two laps, I've done four, just, yeah, you know, sort of get to the end and yeah, I did rubbish in reality, mm. you know, ninth is not what I'm there to do but... I finished the TT. I have to wait twelve months to do it again. Like I'm not, I'm not missing it. I can't sit on the sideline and watch.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. Into you you only get to do it once a year. If it's a BSB round, you can sit it out. Yeah, you know you can be back next back month. next weekend. Next weekend, you know. weekend yeah.
2: must
1: but... must be so frustrating off such a high of twenty two, with everything to obviously going into twenty three to only getting one chance a year and being being so kind of demoralised and smashing all that confidence you previously had,
2: you know, out of the window. Definitely, definitely. And uh and that was that was a big part of the the move, you know, um and fully supported, I have to say, by Clive. Um Clive's been mega through all, all of the all of the time that we spent together, uh, including this year, which has been really tough for us both and you know i think that's more than anything down to bsb um moving up to that suit bike class it's not that the guys and the team aren't capable like you know they've been racing in bsb not so much but tt and roads and bsb for like 50 60 years and and being competitive and grand prix and grand prix and and they've done everything you know they're so experienced and you know the last few years stuff's moved on a lot with the electronics with data the stuff that you need on the bikes to be competitive and superbike at bsb and all that stuff requires a lot of financial budget you know like uh, so much money for the personnel for the equipment for everything and honestly a small family run team i know everybody gives yes. pagets the credit of a, you know a factory team There's team's i said this year honestly Jamie coward won the privateers trophy that team has more budget than pagets guaranteed you know mm. i'd put my house on it that i've just bought like <laughs> honestly um, you know there's there's teams there that are called privateers that uh, it's just because Padgett's have done so well for so many years people think just masses of money massive budget they're a factory team but they're not like they're doing that off experience skill and knowledge and stuff like that their results and And passion a lot a lot of passion you know Clive is obsessive he loves it. it absolutely obsessed in racing and that's awesome to be around an awesome atmosphere to be around as a racer, having a how
1: much as did that help you in twenty two with all of
2: Clive's experience? It was it was brilliant for me to come into BSB on the roads and have that sort of backing of of somebody who's so experienced but so passionate, and it like it's not there's no pressure there. Like even though it's a say really successful. Historic team that, have, like, prestigious team. What was the word I was looking for? Like, there's no pressure there, and he always reminds you that you know, just go out there and have fun. Go out there and have fun. Whether you sat on the grid for the senior or, you know, he said it while shaking. I think on the on the grid at Donington when we when we, <laughs> we it was the race we could have wrapped the we we did wrap the Superstock Championship up, but he still said he still said it. You know, just go out there and have fun. You know there's never like go out there you better win or you best smash it you know we you know got sponsors here we expect you to do the job it's like just go and enjoy it don't worry about it and you ever not feeling right like you say you get ill or you're not yourself today there's never any aggro with that it's always like you know it's all right there's another day it's he, he knows how to get the best from a rider definitely and the team know what they're doing really good it's just that Superbike bike right now is difficult you know we're not much off like a lot of the time half a second to a second a lap off in Superbike but that's the back of the grid mm-hmm. you know the full grid are within a second um and to get them extra bits is like you know 10 grand factory swing out like aftermarket swing arm yeah i will give you Point one or point two, and then you know, a bit of data here and there, point one, point two, somewhere else, point one, point two. The forks are right, setting like they're made up of these tiny fractions because every single rider is so strong, yeah, and every team is so good that them tiny things make the difference. And I believe that's the case as well at the TT now. Um, you know, we all seen. Hickey, what we're talking about before with struggling with a brake issue, you know how he solved it? With his data on his bike. You know, they like to not run data at the TT in case something gets damaged or there's more things to go wrong. So they take it off, they put all the data. When they knew they were struggling with the oh, right, brake yeah. issue, um, they put the data all back on the bike for a morning warm up session, did a lap, came back in, solved the issue. Right you know and that it's not as easy as that yeah. but like with all that equipment you can see the, with answer. the data guys the electronics guys they can figure it out and yeah. they figured it out went out the next race no no issue anymore that helped the bike massively and um you know we just don't have that facility <laughs> yeah. the budget whatever it may be it's uh it's so tough to to compete when you get to that level and you know, you there are thereabouts, but to win now, ten years ago might have been a bit different, but the level's so high. Yeah. Everybody's seen the lap times. What, what's going yeah. on at the TT? It's it's insane, and the level what all them riders are riding to, all of us riders are riding to. Like I rode hard, like I've not got to that level yet, and I didn't feel like I rode hard in twenty two like i re- relatively cruised around like i was right i wasn't anywhere near my limit it was you know steady when i tried like 600 races i tried hard mm-hmm. <laughs> this year um to do i was like few seconds shy of the old lap record on the 600 and then them top three boys all smash records (laughs) two of them going into 130s which is just like it's absolutely insane and uh, you know my bikes uh, Honda's the sort of same thing that it's been the same thing for a lot of years now and I think you know the triumph that Hickey's on and them yams have just crept them steps forward that they've got something else now and you need that extra you need that extra little bit i think
0: and that cbr is at its limit that 600
2: i, f- I know i was at my limit on yeah. that on that uh on that second race the first race we were on the all style tires still treaded tires different size and i had it in my and i was like there's i, I can't get any more out of that we need you know everybody's moved to the slicks now it's a different size a different compound everything i was like we got to go with that we, yeah. we've never tested it clive didn't want to run it because we would never tested it never ran them anything like that i'm like just put them on we got to do what everybody else is doing or as close as put them on and it was a chunk better for sure but mm-hmm. uh I pushed hard and hickey caught me in that six that second 600 race I actually re-passed him, like I felt bad doing it because I knew he'd be in the battle for the win about, and uh, so I followed him through a lot of the a lot of the track. Uh, I'm trying to think where he passed me now. Like it was early on in the lap, I, I possibly lo- let, him, I let him by somewhere. Um, early, like maybe out of the pits or something like that. And anyway, followed him all the way and passed him uh, near Balakrai. Cause I'd like the whole way there, I'd like followed him, but I was like, I was a lot quicker. And then Ginger Alter Ramsey, where we struggled on whole bikes for stability. To be honest, Ginger Alter Ramsey suffered, which has set up not necessarily the motor, and then going up the hill, the Honda lacks torque severely, and uh, just that that was all the all the lap time from me, what I did to a one thirty lap was pretty much the ramsey to the bungalow yeah mm-hmm. um so there's a massive the, learning curve going up the mountain so following a different machine and learn so much yeah. you know a bit seeing different riders different styles and stuff i had the opportunity to be behind a few guys during uh the tt this year and i i am still learning i'm still learning a lot um But definitely, uh, definitely didn't feel like I got to my limits on the on the big bike and and struggle with them with, as I say, with the stability and the brakes and what have you. But the six hundred, I learned so much because I I never feel like that's my bike and my class and everybody looked at me for the six hundred race for some reason because Northwest I'd won the the Northwest races which are just you know uh, you know (laughs) battled my heart out for for them (laughs) to be honest um they they were some some mega race i like proper enjoyed them but i knew that wasn't really like a setting where everybody then after the northwest was like oh 600 races you know definitely and it was like it's a different thing the northwest is a different thing Mm -hmm. um being good on the brakes says a lot at the northwest it says nothing at the tt (laughs) at all yeah um, and it's definitely one of my strengths is on the brakes so uh doesn't really uh, yeah doesn't count for anything i don't think at all as the no.
0: so david before we get on to because i teased it and i thought we were going to get into it but steve steve yanked the carpet just to keep everyone <laughs> listening on uh, on tenterhooks is that the right yeah description yeah uh, we will get to the future of david todd and where he's going But just looking back, especially over the past two years, it's the first time we've had had the doco No Room for Error. Like, it it was a huge success when it came out. And obviously, they followed you and a few of the riders in 22 and in 23. Like, the paddock is getting busier and busier with all sorts of media there now. What was it like for you to have a crew kind of following you all day, every day? Because they saw everything.
2: yeah it's it's uh it's mental it is it is pretty wild you know when i dreamed as a kid of being a motorbike racer you never expected you know to be half part of a reality tv show where they just follow you around 24 7 and it and it literally is 24 7 you know i'm sort of half glad that they didn't use a lot of the footage because they're, like, <laughs> knocking on the door in early in the morning and I'm still laid in bed, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild, but I think of it like a lot of riders sort of struggle with it and they're, like, oh, you know, I can't be bothered, like, don't want people, like, wading in while I'm trying to focus on racing or whatever, but I think it's great. Mm-hmm. like honestly i think it's great to give people an insight of what's going on and um i think someone said uh at the tt this year and i come in and i was really frustrated uh after that soup bike race and it was a not not a paddy but like i was you know a bit of shouting just out of frustration not at anyone yeah Uh, a bit of shouting going on and someone had gone oh what happens if they'd have got that in the documentary and i'm like good like i I think that'd be great to see like i was really frustrated and mad at the time but like it's real time i want people to see the real thing yeah you know show them the real thing because it's it's mint you know it's has its ups and downs but that's what make it Lows are low, the highs are high, and you know they should be able to see all of that. And the more people get to see every detail of that, the more people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't want to, you know, like spruced up and whatever. Like, give them the reality of it because yeah. it's it's a crazy spot, you know. Give them it all, and uh, and I think it'll you know get, increase the tt fans around the world you know i think it already has um the documentary and the people the more people all the time that are seeing that around the world are like this is this like is crazy and like getting to see it from the inside and i seen in this year in 2023 uh the amount of people who sort of come over on the back of it having mm-hmm. seen it and never there was Usually, everybody you speak to at the TT is like, I've been coming here 20 years, I've been coming here all my life. The amount you hear that is like, you know, majority of the yeah. time, that's the answer. And uh, it was really nice, not that I want those people to not come, but it was really nice this year to the amount of people that come up and they're like it's our first TT you know seen seen about it last year and we just thought we've got to go to that and I mean people from everywhere from Asia Australia America like just caught a glimpse of it on TV because that's all it's going to take like if you catch a glimpse of it and people like the amount of people that I speak to and they're like I've watched it on TV it's insane I'm like go in real life please like because If you've watched anything about it on TV, on YouTube, wherever you've watched it, yes, it is insane. It's awesome to see, but it is nothing like it is in real life. Yeah. Nothing compares to watching the TT in real life and going to the TT as an event, and you will not be disappointed. You know that sounds like an advert, but like seriously, 100% I was... say to everyone, like it's a no-brainer. Like if you, even if. You don't like the the look of it. You would never, I, I don't think you could ever meet a person who's gone to the TT and gone, nah. Eh, yeah. Nah, it was all right. Like, that, never. That's, happens. It's yeah. never, it's like, never. It's not possible. Yeah. It's literally not possible.
0: So I met a guy, so I left the TT, went straight to Austria to do this uh, presenting gig for a cycling thing. And this guy comes up to me and went, You're the guy from from YouTube, aren't you, for the TT? I was like, Oh, yeah. And I was expecting him to be like, massive TT fan I've been. And he was like, I just happened to come across it on YouTube. I have no idea what it is, and I started watching it. and And I've already booked for next year. Me and my sons are going. Yeah, lovely. He, he couldn't yeah. wait to go, and he was like, it was just chatting to me for hours about it. But that's that's it. Is if we don't have like the documentary, your YouTube channel, the socials about it, then you know, no one will no one will hear about it. But we are getting this brand new fan base. To the TT, all because of that, and, and I shot cocktail. down
1: into Douglas one evening. You know, it's like you're flat out all day with a film Pictures inside, and, and stuff, then yeah. and then obviously, we do the podcast yeah. in the evening, the daily. And um, so, you struggled to get something to eat anyway. I shot down to get just to get a pizza from a takeaway place, and I'm, and I'm eating it inside. And I'll Tell you, I'm not racing There's, that a, there's a big gang of <laughs> yeah, there's a big gang of uh Spanish lads in there, and um, I got chatting to them and just had a, had a quick word, they didn't know who I was, and um. And I said, oh, what are you doing here? And they said, oh, we've ridden over. We've come from south of Spain with basically three ferries. It's a long, flipping way. It's 1,500 miles, you know, just because they've seen it on TV and said, we had to come and, and view it. Mm. Yeah. Incredible, eh?
0: It's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. But the reason people tuned in for this podcast, top and bottom of it is, they want to know what the future of Davy Todd is. I mean, the news will be out by now, so don't feel like that this is an exclusive. What, is he getting married? He's getting married. This is the moment. Yeah. Propose to her. Come on. Oh, don't
1: here drop me in that one. <laughs> well, you,
2: just, you, just pull, you just bought a house. No, not like, oh, oh, thought, here
1: we I thought, go. Yeah. Don't it's be, all part don't path, and parcel, isn't it?
2: <laughs> don't, I don't need any more. I don't need any more pressure on that Don- front. Toddy getting his wings clipped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but as Steve always says, don't eat wedding cake. It's the wedding ever. C- ever.
1: Don't. It spoils everything.
0: It's the wedding cake. That's what he says. I don't know.
1: I can't make happens, anymore, so Good luck.
0: Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, what, what is the future? Tell us.
2: It's the first time I've said it. It's weird, it's weird to talk about, but uh, really excited um, about it, to be honest. Really excited to announce uh be riding a BMW. Woo! The fastest bike around the TT. Um so it's yeah really exciting to join the the Taz squad and um, and get going really for the for the remainder of this year, or oh, a little bit of a remainder of this year, uh, a couple of rounds and in British Superbike in British Superbike and World Endurance and then all set up and ready to go for Superbike and Northwest TT everything. Hold on one second then.
0: Does that mean if you're racing British Subway, this is your boss, or not? How does that work? Wow,
1: Don't know. Don't <laughs> you wouldn't think I'm old way. enough to be his boss, would you? No, you what? Correct answer.
0: <laughs> really? All right. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, it's good to have him on board. Obviously, yeah. I'm a fan, and uh, I think realistically, you know, TT and BSB is a man of the future. You know, it's a lot to learn yet, yeah, as he's well aware. Yeah. But, you know, it's. Um, Obviously, Taz Racing, they're a, a, a very, very, very successful team. They've won many British championships, not super bike-wise yet, but every other championship, and they've won a massive amount of TTs with a huge history. So it's, uh, yeah.
0: But you also said they're World Endurance as well. What's what's the score with that then? Uh,
2: yeah, so not, not even sure if I get to ride yet, but I've got a really cool opportunity to join the factory BMW team for Baldor 24-hour. Um, as the fourth rider Um, but because of that it means I miss Alton Park and Cadwell but um, it's a really cool opportunity and the team are uh, fully supported Um, me going to do that and getting that opportunity to to go testing with the the World Endurance team and uh, possibly get to ride I think there's a slim chance but
0: So you might ride the 24 hours?
2: Maybe I've never rode anything i've never done any endurance before but i love riding i'd I'd ride forever yeah suits me down to the ground
0: we spoke about (laughs) it on some podcast before haven't we about because you've done a lot of obviously you've done a lot of endurance so the best man to, to talk to is here right
1: yeah i've done quite a few years 10 probably 12 14 years world endurance for for various teams factory teams and i love it i'm really passionate about it i love it to bits but and it's great you know um if, you know, for instance, Le Mans 24 hours always Easter weekend in April and it's a massive, massive, massive amount of mileage with all the testing days and the build up on race week and then through to qualifying and compulsory night practice pre, pre. The, this is before the 24 hour yeah. even starts. So it's a massive amount of mileage and uh, I think it's, uh, it's a great place to go. Um, you know, TT's and endurance as well obviously, uh, a six-lap superbike race especially. But um, you get to learn to ride around problems, different issues within a race and and still be very competitive and do good lap times. It's just a good place to be and it's another discipline to be fast at and to to learn.
0: Do you think, think obviously, the route to the TT now is everybody goes to British Superbike or Superstock to get as much mileage as they can to stay sharp on the bikes. Do you think riding Endurance especially if it's somewhere like Easter weekend, do you think that would help towards the TT or not? Like you say, riding around problems, riding... Definitely,
1: yeah. I mean, a massive amount on on the mileage. Um, There's so many variations as well for for all the teams, you know. Um, Obviously, there's a huge amount that can go wrong um, because it's... um, Whether it be rider error or fatigue or mechanical issues, there's so many things that can go wrong and every team says, oh, if only that hadn't have happened, we'd have been here, we'd have been there, but you know, yeah. finish 1st place, first you've got to finish. It's the, the famous saying, but it's
2: uh, more so in world endurance. A lot, a lot of guys used to do it though, like McGuinness and mm-hmm. Cam Donald, like there's like a a bunch of the TT guys always did yeah. the uh, well T TT legends. Uh,
1: yeah, Honda yeah. had, a, had a, a strong input and they they pushed in, in a, you know in, in that championship for a, for a few years. With well, I was there at the beginning with and then with John and McCam and uh, Keith Amo was there and um, yeah. Um, but for me, I think it's brilliant and, and perfect, especially for a road racer. Yeah,
0: yeah. So moving into twenty twenty four, is what are your targets? Obviously, it's TT is World Endurance a target BSB not British Superstock we're going straight back into BSB
2: yeah yeah back into into BSB which is really exciting Uh, hopefully hit the ground running after doing the last couple of rounds this year Um, but TT's always a massive goal and and the roads as well and honestly whatever I can do racing wise you know I, I, I love everything you know if the team want to put me in a few motocross cross races and supermoto I'll do that as well so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i I love riding motorbikes. so um super bikes is a massive goal for sure um but I want to be up there I want to be competing uh, at the TT I, I still want to challenge for race wins at the TT so mega excited about that as well and just uh, the whole package, it's uh, its really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because, like you say, you've had such good experiences with Clive and, and the Pagets team. And it's—and you've always said it's been a family, family unit when you've been there. But I wouldn't necessarily say you've outgrown, but when you see Hickey on that bike, although Hickey is the best rider, that bike is clearly head and shoulders above everything else at the minute. And you feel like you need to be on that if you want to get to to where those two boys are, Hickey and Dunlop, kind of Harrison era, uh, area.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's something everybody sees and talks about the speed traps, and sure, it's not everything, mm-hmm. but, you know, there was only Michael Dunlop that was sort of over 192 through Sulby speed trap. Everybody else subbed that. Most of the time, I was 189 or something. Yeah. Uh, Hickey, I don't think went through at a time lower than two hundred mile now. Free you speed, is it? Free money. You just get free like seconds off your lap time. There's a lot of straights. There's a lot of time that you are flat out mm-hmm. on a on a bike around the TT course. So if you every straightaway you gained a second, that's a lot of lap time. You know, I'm not saying you're gonna gain a second, but it's For uh, doing nothing as well. There's a lot in that, and then. You, you see them going well at BSB as well. Haslam's riding really good, and you know, every it's a hard championship, and it changes every single weekend, doesn't it? But um, I th- I think it's I think it's a really strong package, and it's only getting stronger all the time. Um, there's got to be half a reason uh, Toprax jumped off a of Yamaha and is getting on uh on a BMW next year.
0: I went to Instagram on, t- on the TT um, account and there's loads of questions here for you. So I'm going to fire a few of these at you if that's all right. Yeah. What's the nicest sounding bike on the TT grid?
2: RCV, I think everybody loves, don't they? Nice. And there's nothing that sounds like that. It sounds like a MotoGP bike. So.
0: Take this as you will. I don't know if this is an insult or not. How many wins have you got?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where?
0: Well, that's it. It doesn't say, it just says how many wins you got. In
2: general? Yeah, a lot of wins in general, since I won a lot of 50cc races as a kid and motocross.
0: All right, fair. What's the best advice John McGuinness has ever given you?
2: I couldn't put that live on. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put this on a podcast. <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> if it starts to bleed, get it checked.
2: <laughs> John, I couldn't say one thing, because he, he's given me so much incredible advice Mm -hmm. like he's in in every area from racing teams sponsors to just real life and and what you do and um the the biggest thing that i see from from john is that i just want to be the same as him at at his age when i when i get to that age i want to be the same as him not in the sense of the wins, or definitely in the sense of the wins, but like i don't mean it in that sense i mean like people Gosh. keep talking about him stopping the tt or whatever else he loves riding motorbikes still mm-hmm. you know what whether it's motocross enduro uh, supermoto super bikes at bsb or wherever else like he loves riding motorbikes i go up his house we just mess around for days not i go up for an hour or something and end up staying for three days or something because you pull speedway bikes out rip them around the field then go he's like a big kid right right we'll get the pit bikes out now and make a track for the pit bikes and you know he's 51 years old and just loves loves motorbikes still like i do now and i never want to lose that i want to be like that then if i can still enjoy it as much then 100% sold
0: uh, do you follow tt on tiktok
2: no Ooh. i i do have tiktok but i don't i uh, don't use it
0: last one before steves keep the mullet I or shave it. it if it meant you could win a tt
2: yeah i shave it yeah that's not <laughs> even a question <laughs> no, but you do love I, it do shave right? my head for winning the tt you do love it everything
0: Steve, over to you, mate.
1: <laughs> right, you've done these before. Last time. <laughs> different questions. One or the other. No, no explanations. No explanation okay. at all. Lager or real ale? Gluten-free lager. Yeah. Motocross or supermoto? <sighs> Motocross. Traditional English
2: breakfast or fruit and yogurt. Fry up uh, or fruit I, and yogurt. I can't eat either. Ooh. Vegan something or other.
1: <laughs> Salt by sea or the Isle of Man? Oh. Nah, Isle of Man. TT win or a BSB win? TT. Stetson or a beanie hat? Stetson. Ginger Holder Ramsey or bungalow to cronk pneumonia? Bungalow to cronk for
2: sure.
1: McGuinness or McGrath?
2: Oh, I don't do it like that. <laughs> I can't not say it, John. McGuinness or McGrath? McGuinness. Like, I'm not... You not. told me that he was a massive McGrath Nobody's oh, Don't... don't show, nobody show McGrath, this, please. McGrath really, um, <laughs> Right, next one.
1: Hydro series or hydro extreme series? Oh, hydro extreme. Google it. Google yeah. it. X fifty. You need it. What is it? Last one. Last. You need... you... <laughs> oh Bathmate.com <laughs> Bathmate Direct. Google it. You will be um, grateful. Young,
2: free Promise. and single? <laughs> or married with kids? It's married with kids, obviously, but I'm not getting married anytime. soon. Why have soon you got your, thing, you got your fingers really, crossed really. on the <laughs> 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 She's going to leave me after this. <laughs> uh,
0: hey, thanks, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Davey. Thank you. Always a pleasure.
2: Um, <laughs> cheers, guys. Thanks,
0: mate. So the cat's out the bag. Davey Todd is going to be riding a BMW at next year's TT. I don't want it's, to... It's, it's a difficult one because... I've seen how the Paget's team work such a great team, but you feel like Davy needs to kind of almost spread his wings now he's he's done his apprenticeship let's say with 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 climb and I feel like potentially Davy's gone as far as he could with the Pagets while they're on the Honda because you know you you look to that b m w and it feels like he needs to be on it to to move up towards where Hickey is,
1: yeah, of course you know. Padgett's done an incredible job. British Championship and on the roads mm-hmm. with, with Davey. And uh, as always, Clive's got a massive history at the TT. And hopefully that'll continue. But yes, uh, on to pastures new. And um, the good thing is, he sounds pumped. Stoked, year.
0: as he might say. I, but but I don't want to take anything away from Clive because it's it's like you're saying that, he's, you know, he's been in a, a second division team and now he's stepping up to the Premiership. But it's not. It's... Like Clive's outfit is phenomenal.
1: I've ridden for Clive. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it really is. You know, the guy, the team have won five TTS in a week.
0: Yeah, you can never forget that, can you, Blimey hell, Yeah. But what we're going to see from him—that's the—that's the thing. If he goes in there, if he goes to the TT in 2024 with the confidence, who's—you know—what's going to stop him from getting a win?
1: There's no telling what we're going to see.
0: So that's it for this episode of the TT Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, obviously you can't leave a rating on YouTube or TT Plus, so why not head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you listen to your TT Podcast and leave us a little rating and a review. Steve, we're going to be back next week with uh, Rob Odson. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, we've already recorded it because here's a clip. My
2: first crash uh, would have been... I think that might have been at Darley Moor, yeah, and I, I was getting carried away. I'd say learning, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a really good start, and because that was always brilliant off the line, and I must have been right up front with the the GP bikes, and went up from uh, up through the top S's and got passed by a few lads, and I don't, I just don't think I shut off for the left hander <laughs> or something, and and it's fast round there, whatever you're on, isn't it? Yeah, oh, you know, I, yeah. I threw it in. And it was the first lap. my tires must have been a bit cold, and it just came right round on me and flicked me off and just proper sparked me out head. I can't remember why, but so
1: so even from an early stage in your career, you had your you had your excuses sorted out. Oh it was
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, I, I slipped on a sick packet <laughs> or something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that episode with Rob Hodson will be out next week on this podcast feed. Or if you can't wait, it's available to watch over on TT Plus right now. Head over to ttplus.iomttracers.com and sign up. Steve, how much does it cost? It's a freebie. Oh, who don't love one of them? Bye. Either way, we'll be back next time. Catch you soon. See you later, Steve. Cheers, mate.